Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. So with me today is Annalisa Pagnata. I'm close, right? Italian yes, is not I, anything. Went to Italy and like, okay, I know a little French, a little Spanish. It's but it's a beautiful name. And you are in the current cast of Paris Merveille in Paris. And just thank yes. you for doing this. I know like talking to anybody in the current cast of if they're going to open or not, and being in the midst of so many rehearsals that we had to really kind of figure out when it works because there's just so much going on in your life right now. Um, yes. So thank you for even taking the time to do this. Thank you uh, for inviting me to this interview. That's a pleasure. And I, and I told you when we came on, I feel like I know you because I've been doing the Kalon workouts for over a year. And yeah, I'm like, just... you've been in my living room. Like I work out to, to some of your wonderful workouts. And so we'll get to that in the interview. But I also want to say, I've been teaching showgirl workshops and I was showing them makeup because a lot of times people do like the ballet makeup for cap, you know, I said the makeup's different. So I was showing them some of the wonderful Lido videos backstage of the, putting the makeup on. But there's one of you where you come in with no makeup and you just put the little makeup brush in front of the camera and then poof. And so I show them that as a joke. Here's how you do showgirl makeup and poof. And then I show them some of the actually the lines and the way that you shape your eyes different than you do in regular makeup. So that's another thing. You, you, I've seen you before I actually got to see you today from um, some of the fun videos at the Lido and Kalon. Yeah, with the social media now, we have the impression to know everyone. It's so easy to to get to see like uh, what we do in our life. So yeah, it's it's cool. I, I'm happy to hear that that you do the Kalon workout with me, and yeah, that's that's amazing. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> I do, and we'll talk about that when we get further into like what you're doing now, because I think I've been so impressed with so many people in this current cast of what they did during. COVID when you couldn't be performing of other things, businesses that were being created, ways to keep yourself happy and sane and get through it mentally, physically, emotionally to get through this pandemic too, is this shows a wonderful creativity of artists and um, just really impressed with this cast of the, not just sitting around waiting for things to happen, just making new beautiful things. Yeah. So you grew, can you tell us where you grew up? Yeah, so I'm Italian. I I was born in a little village next to Bologna. It's called Faenza, and I studied uh, in a dance in a private dance school there. Uh, but even if it was a private dance school, it was a very fa- is a very famous private dance school in Italy, and I had the chance to graduate in the um, classical ballet Cecchetti method in mm. 2012. And uh, I did a lot of uh, dance competition in Italy and uh, even uh, like uh, international competition. So um, I had a lot of experience even while I was studying. And I started my professional uh, career quite late. I was 20. 
23 years old because uh, I was graduating. I was I studied school in Italy as well, like in a business school. So I waited for my graduation before really to focus in my dance uh, career. And uh, I was uh, actually a contemporary dancer. I always studied ballet, contemporary dance. Uh, and I really didn't know the cabaret world before to come to France because in Italy is uh, not really uh, it's not really known the cabaret. We know Moulin Rouge at Crazy Horse uh, because Moulin Rouge because of the film and Crazy Horse because they come to Italy for some uh, tour sometimes. Uh, but like for example, Lido, I didn't know it uh, when I was young. Uh, but like is is very known actually. My mom, my mother, and my grandparents really know know Lido better than my generation. I don't know why, but like my mom talked to me about Lido before, and even uh, I know my grandfather uh like dreamed about the little dancers <laughs> yeah always my i didn't wow. i didn't meet him but my mom always told me that and so yeah um i started my dancing dancing career as a contemporary dancer i did an internship in a contemporary dancer then a contemporary company in lucerne in switzerland and uh, then I did an Italian tour uh, for a musical uh, for six months. And this was an amazing experience. And then I wanted to leave Italy to learn a new language. And because in Italy, the artistic career is not... It's not really like you, you can't be just a dancer in Italy because it's not really well paid. There are not so many contracts. So I wanted to, to go abroad and uh, I started to do different auditions and I got my contract in Lido in 2016. And uh, yeah, that was amazing because um, some of my Italian colleagues talked to me about this company and uh, I went on the net to, to, to do some research. And when I saw the pictures and the videos of the Lido, I was like, oh my God, this, I have to, I have to be there. Like, I, I don't know this word, but I need to, to, to be in it. And so, yeah, that's. That's how it started. Like I just went to Paris for my first time for for the audition, and I got the contract the same day. So that was uh, that was very good. That was amazing. So when if you had pursued being a contemporary dancer in Italy, it would probably you'd have to supplement it with another job. Is there enough work, like even in contemporary companies, or is it it's just something you do kind of just because you love it, not as as a career? I think, yeah, I think that you do it just because you love it. You, If you want to just be a contemporary dancer or what, whatever, like even a ballet dancer in Italy, it's very hard. Like there are like not so many companies. And now because of COVID, the thing got worse. A lot of companies closed. And uh, even I have a lot of Italian dancers that in Italy didn't get a lot of help from the from the from from the country uh, why they were not working uh, like I, I I feel so lucky to be in France because uh, even if we didn't work for an, a year and a half we still get a lot of help from the from the govern from the yeah from the government so um, 
I'm I'm really happy to be here. And even if I love Italy, I I couldn't come back now. I I I want to still be a, a dancer. So I know that I couldn't dance there. So that's why. Yeah, you go where the work is. So yeah. when you when you heard about the Lido, was that when you were doing the musical theater tour? Because I know like a lot of us hear about other jobs and you finally kind of get out into that world of professional, then you find out more and more things because people either have worked it or you know of, like when I did my first job, I, this whole world opened up that I had no idea because I came from a small town. I mean, I didn't really know what was out there, but when I, same thing, when I saw it, I'm like, I have to do this. And then you yeah. hear more stories of people working for places and or, or like, yeah, you just, you get exposed to things that you wouldn't have if you had not even done your very first job. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I started like my first real contract was with this Italian tour in, I still was a contemporary dancer, but this was a musical and was something new as well for me. Uh, I did this audition, like just because this, like a friend of mine told me to go and did, do the audition. And as well, once that I started to work uh, for this uh, musical, I had another friend of mine in there, like a dancer that wanted to go to Lido. And she talked to me about it. And she did already the audition like a few years before, but she didn't get the job, unfortunately. But that was the first time I heard about Lido and that I started to do my research, even because she told me, ah, you, you should go because you are tall. And uh, because in Italy, actually, I'm always been one of the tallest in the, in the companies and in the, in the audition I did. And sometimes I know that because I was too tall, I didn't get like a job or like a contract or so actually the first reason why I was uh, like uh, looking for the leader was because uh, I told to myself, uh, OK, I, should, I know that uh, like my height wouldn't be a problem. And uh, but then everything like uh, the other thing that I found out after were even better. Like I found really a new word that actually I'm so frustrated because I would like Italy like to to know better the Lido and what it represents for France. And we are so close. Sometimes I realize that uh, Lido is more known like in countries like uh, Dubai, like in, in cities like Dubai or Australia, uh, countries like Australia that are so far away and Italy is so close and doesn't even know Lido that bad, that, that much. And this is really a pity for me. Yeah. Has your family come to see you in the show or friends and family? Do they, they, if your grandfather knew, it's interesting they had a little bit of knowledge, but sometimes, like I was telling you before we started, I talk about Bluebells so much at my dance studio just recently because I've started to come back to that understanding of my history. I can say it over and over and over, and then I've been teaching showgirl classes, then people are finally like, oh, what is this? Because they just, you know, it's not, they're not interested, and then they see like there's a career that could be had, that, you know, there's, there's this wonderful yeah. history that goes so far back. So I feel like people don't have it on their radar they don't care to know to learn about it they're not going to investigate it until someone shows them pictures or tells them the stories it, it's like it starts small but even if your own town or your own dance studio yeah, I don't know no, if they no, no, know that you yeah now in my town everybody knows Lido because <laughs> because of me oh, because yeah. it's a small town so you know like uh 
people talk and I went on a newspaper when I moved to Paris like I was like Italian dancer goes to Paris like it was a big deal actually and yeah. I'm really proud of it of course but yeah a lot all my family came to watch the show all my friends and even now I when someone like friends of friends comes to Paris they call me and they want to, to see the show now so I'm yeah I'm I'm happy for that, but still is a really small group compared to the country. Like I would like to spread the the word everywhere, in every region, in every city of Italy. There is a gal that I interviewed who's 80, 82, I think. And her first job was with Miss Bluebell touring Italy. And she has a book called Have Shinyan Will Travel, Elizabeth Phillips. And she just talks about like Miss Bluebell would take tours through Italy and they would just stay oh, yeah. like a few weeks each time but you know that that was long ago so I don't know like you know maybe maybe it will come back because wouldn't maybe it be great to have yeah maybe that's why the generation of my parents and my like and the grandparents know Lido better than my generation because maybe once uh, they were like coming to Italy and like trying to to yeah to spread the words about Lido there's a lot of the British girls that know because it would be on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day that the Bluebells would perform and they would all watch it with their family. They would watch the, oh, I think the God. Moulin Rouge also did it. So they were so familiar with Miss Bluebell and the Lido. But yeah, it is different. Like in the United States, they kind of just re re refer everything to Las Vegas. A lot of people here know about the showgirl and that kind of style. But yeah. they think it all started in Las Vegas. A lot of people here don't really know that much, that except for the Moulin Rouge film. That, you know, yeah. that that's like, okay, I always have to say, well, it's kind of like the Moulin Rouge, but different. So what was your, you told me a little bit about your audition. I would love for you to tell, like, how you even, you researched and they, you found out about open auditions or private auditions. How did you yeah, end so up, like, making that move to go, I'm going to go do this? So, yeah, I... Um... Once my friend told me about Lido, I started to do my research and I saw that audition was coming uh, and uh, it was just after the end of my contract uh, with the Italian tour. So I sent an email and I booked my ticket and I went, but actually I was the day of the audition. I was not really ready for it because I didn't have the right outfit. I have this like green leotard with leg. Uh, uh, black leggings uh, I had socks and I had a, a large jumper I really I was really a contemporary dancer and then I took the heels my mother's heels because because I, I'm I've always been very tall among my friends I've never put heels before in my life so I just borrowed the heels oh. of my mom and uh, <laughs> yeah that's that's a very funny part and but I took it with me and I didn't even know if I would have used it and then when the audition started, I saw all these amazing girls around me, all very like naked, like with the last with string, like nice bra, with the right tights, like the showgirl tights, with these professional shoes. And at that moment, I thought, what am I doing here? Like, I what am I doing here? I should leave. And for a moment, I thought, I'm gonna leave. I I, oh. I can't. Is I'm I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna be like ridiculous so and then like really five seconds after this thought I I told I said to myself 
you spend money to come to Paris to for the hotel, for the flight, you are here, just try, just enjoy your time, really even enjoy. Like I, so I was like, okay, who cares? I took off my jumper, I took off my leggings, I put my, my mom's heels, and I was literally naked without tights. I had like my legs like naked. I had just my leotard, my green leotard left. And uh, I did the audition. And actually at the, in the middle of the audition, uh, Jane, the maître de ballet, she called me and she said, I'm going to give you like some right shoes because you're going to break your ankle with these shoes. <laughs> so I went in the backstage with uh, the captain and she gave me like uh, some of the dancer shoes of the show. And I was like, oh, my God, like I felt so, so embarrassed and so happy at the same time. I felt like, OK, so maybe they care about me if they want to give me some shoes. And again, and then I did the audition until the end. And Jane at the end proposed me, like said, told me like, okay, I'm, I'm interested. I want you, if you are available, you can start in one month. And I came back to Italy, I packed my stuff. And one month later I was in Paris exactly. and I started my, my rehearsals. That was really, I think, the, one of the best day of my life. You would even said that you, because you didn't really know what you were getting into, because there's a lot of times if you want the job so much, there's so much pressure. So yeah. when you just decided to be present and enjoy it, I, I'm sure that it changes the outcome when people are, are so worried about getting it that sometimes it gets in the way of being able to yeah. just perform and show your personality and have fun. But there's a lot of inner people I talked to that said that they, oh, so many of us had the wrong outfit. I had the wrong outfit. I just didn't know, you know, what to wear. And then you think I'm the only one that doesn't know, but story after story, these people that got hired were wearing something that was not appropriate. So they, they must see something. It's really yeah, great to have the right outfit, but they can, they can see around that and say, I see something. Cause I mean, they could have just said, go home. You don't have the right shoes. You're not prepared. But they, they must have a lot of grace knowing most of the girls really did not know how to dress to come in for a Lido audition. Yeah, and I think this actually was something that at the end uh, was good for me because, because everyone had the right outfit. Maybe they were all kind of similar, like they had all the same uh, outfit at the end. So maybe I catch the attention because it was different. And of course, I... I had to, to I I had to dance in the right way because otherwise I wouldn't get the job. But maybe the first thing that they noticed on me was that okay, this girl, she's different. She has something like yeah. she's not right, but she's right. So yeah, and I didn't have the pressure anymore because uh, I had nothing to lose actually. And as you said, for all my, I did a lot of auditions in my life for a contemporary company. And uh, I always had a lot of pressure and I was really stressed. And that day for the Lido, I was not stressed anymore. Like I had a moment of panic, like at, at the right beginning, I was like, I'm going to leave now because I'm not in the right place. And really after I, something changed in my mind and I said oh no actually you have just to enjoy this moment like you have nothing to lose 
you're gonna go to Italy anyway, you're gonna come back to Italy, so just enjoy this time. And I really did the best audition of my life. Like I never danced like this before. And really, so being a contemporary dancer, because I've like the auditions are different over the decades that we had to do. But what did they have you do? And did you feel prepared to do all the different styles, or just like okay, I'm just gonna go for it? Because I know those are those can be really long auditions. What do they start out with? And what do they they start weeding people out right away, or did they let everybody get through sections and then start cutting people? So at the beginning of every contemporary audition, you start with a ballet class, actually. So the ballet is really the, the starting point for every contemporary audition. And that's why I think that uh, the ballet, uh, my ballet background helped me a lot, even for the Lido, even I, I, could, I never danced with heels before, but I think that I had a ballet base like this helped me a lot. And even for every contemporary audition, the ballet, having a ballet background really helps a lot. So that's why um, contemporary auditions are very hard because you have to switch after you start with a ballet uh, class and then they do the first cut normally. And then uh, you start some um, uh, chore like different um, choreography and sometimes they do uh, repertoire like some uh, some choreography from from the company and uh, it, every every audition is different they do different cuts but for me the the hardest part is always at the beginning with the with the ballet do they do that at the lido did they have have you and do they give a no, ballet combination there was no ballet in the audition no, there is no ballet at the audition. Ah. With the Lido, yeah, there is a, they, they start straight away with a, some uh, choreographies from the show, from the actor, from, from this show. So you start, you, you have to do your own warm up at the beginning and then you start straight away with the heels. And uh, I, I liked this audition because it was not too long. Mm. And I hate when the audition can like last all day long. Uh, this is so tiring. And at the end, when you have to do everything to do, when yeah. you are at the end and you are at the end of the day, you are so tired that you can't really be like 100%. So with audition was quite fast, but really like was the right time, I guess. They, they wanted just to need, are you are on stage uh, with the heels with the choreography of the show so no I liked it was very 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 like right the right audition I guess mm. did you feel pretty comfortable in the style even though you've never done that before and you've never worn heels uh so yeah I I felt comfortable with the um, with the um, feeling, with my feelings, like the, uh, Jane really wanted to see how, how catchy we were, like how sensual we were. So uh, probably I, I was not ready to do like the right bevel position because yeah. me, I worked and like with the under, with the open, like the the rotation yeah. of the in out. So a lot of position like the bevel the classical choker position with the bevel with a knee inside I didn't know how to do it at the beginning but um, I tried I just looked around and tried to copy the other girls it was uh, was really fun yeah how many do you know how many people they took from that audition 
so we we were I think we were 70 at the beginning and at the end we like just to like me and another girl we got the contract yeah I I always because I think a lot of us don't realize it at the time like that's two out of 70 that's pretty amazing and so how it's like if there's private auditions it's wonderful but some of those bigger auditions because I always wonder like because I've been on both sides of an audition table more than more recent years of what it's what I'm looking for or what I'm listening what the choreographer the director is looking for it's very different than when you come in what you think they might be looking for like what they want to see how you match they want to see like you said the sensual they want to see how you present yourself there's so many things and you can have a room full of talented dancers and go wow I had that thing they were looking for and you may not even know what it was that, yeah, that yeah. set you apart to be the last two to, to be in there but I think even Jane saw something in me, but I, I know that maybe I was not, maybe there were so many girls that had already some cabaret experience that maybe were even more, uh, yeah, more ready than, I don't know, but she saw something. I, I know that she saw something in me and uh, I know that I worked, I worked hard at the beginning when I started rehearsals. I had to do a lot of things. I didn't know how to put like the professional string, like even now some of my some of my friends like make fun of me because the day of my general rehearsal I I put the string like upside down I was not right like <laughs> was really I was so yeah it was so I didn't know anything and I had to learn everything in two weeks but I worked hard and uh, today I'm like I'm so happy to and proud like uh I know that there's something, always something to learn, but um, and I like to learn new, new style, new, new things all the time. Even when I did the the musical, was something new, and I really liked to. I really liked it. I always discovered every time that you do something, you find so many other things that you didn't know before. So it's it's good. Just it's always good to change. Yeah. What's interesting, I've interviewed quite a few from the new cast so that I look at a lot of Lido videos because I'm looking at it for inspiration for things I'm doing or because I'm doing the podcast, putting pictures up. But there's people, I can find Leah. If she was on the stage, I can find her face if she was in the back. But I've never even spoke to you, but I could find you in every video. So I think even that the beauty has to be different or something when you've got all the feathers on and you've got all that on there, what, what stands out in your face and it's not just the beauty, but there's a sparkle or there's something. Cause yeah, I, I should, told you, I should, the one of you putting the makeup on, but I can find you in any video it's like, cause you're such a distinct beauty. And I think mm-hmm. that's something when they're putting this group of, of dancers together too, you don't want people to all look the same, but there's something that comes through. That's not just a lot of makeup. And so yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense, but there is something I can find oh, yeah, a Lido yeah, dancer. Sure. A, a, a diff, a, it's not just classic beauty. Cause you don't want everybody to look the same. And so different features look different with beautiful headdresses and, and, and the whole, the whole presentation. And you can't just have a great body. You can't just be a great dancer performance that you, cause you have to be able to give your performance an audition, which is hard to yeah, like, you have to show like a personality, I guess, like something that, yeah, makes you different from other, from the other girls. Yeah. Cause nobody wants to see everybody just all looking the yeah, same yeah, there's like sure. something that draws your eye to why people stand out 
So what was your, so you went back home and packed everything up. You had a month. Did you have time to settle into Paris or you get there and you just start right into auditions and finding a place to live? Yeah. So when, so when we moved, when I moved to Paris, Lido gave uh, to all the new dancers, like uh, the, the possibility to stay in a hotel for two weeks. And so I had two weeks to, to find an apartment that actually I found it even harder than find the job in Paris. It's uh, so hard to find like uh, a place uh, to stay so expensive. And there are a lot of people who are looking all the time for uh, like the tiny little studios in Paris. So, but I I moved in 14 square meters in uh, Le Marais in the center of Paris. And uh, I said, I'm going to stay here just for a while, while I'm looking for something better. And actually, I spent three years there in 14 square meters. Oh, really? I, yeah, but I like the place. Uh, you have to get used to it. And you realize that in Paris, there are so many little tiny studios that you have not a lot of choice. But... Um, yeah, and then I had uh, two Italian friends who helped me a lot because uh, in Lido I'm the only Italian female dancer, but there are three dancers, like three Italian dancer, male dancers, and they are my family here. So they helped me a lot uh, with all the administration and uh, like uh, to open my bank account and. So they, I was really lucky at the time because I didn't know, I, 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 when I moved to Paris, I didn't know anyone and they, they were, were really welcoming with me. Oh, cause I, when I talked to Alexandra, I like that when she said there was a couple Polish people, like when you, when you're away from home, it is, it's wonderful because there's that international feel that you get to learn different things about people from different countries, but it's to have something from home also makes that transition probably easier and to have things that you talk about that you understand that's special to be an Italian. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, actually I'm, I'm even, I feel lucky because I know that Italy is not far from, from France. And I, if I want to go home, I, in one hour and a half, I can be home and a lot of like Australian Americans and uh, there are people that go home once a year and not even so I know for me it's easier than for uh, many of my colleagues that uh, their families are so far and so the fact that I had Italians here was even easier for me to get used to this uh, new to this new country to, to Paris this new city so yeah what was your rehearsal process like because there's two of you were you learning were you both going into the same line or were you learning totally different shows so no I so actually we I started uh, one month later uh from the audition and the other girl she started two months later so she arrived even after me and I was uh, I'm still in the nude in the bella line Mm. and the other was in the blue bell and uh, so we, I was by myself actually during the rehearsal. And uh, yeah, that was a very, very nice. I, I, I enjoyed the rehearsal time and I was uh, doing my rehearsal in the daytime and the night I was uh, watching the show 
So I watched the show every night and the more I, I watched the show, the more I liked it. And um, yeah, no, it was two weeks rehearsal. And, and then I, I met the other girl later when she came uh, and she was from Holland. Oh, so you learned the whole show in two weeks. Did yeah. they put you in one number at a time or did you just go into the whole show at the same time all at once? No, all at once. All at once. Wow. The, the only one that I did later was the uh, chandelier, the lustre, the one that we are hanging on this uh, giant uh, chandelier. Uh, Yes, this uh, I I need a little bit more time to do it. That looks a little scary because there's a lot of us that have done shows that we're thinking when you're young, you're like, oh, sure, strap me in and way up high in the air. But I was looking at that, like how much ab control you'd have to have the way you're hanging back and, you know, just to throw yes. you in there feels like maybe add that after. Yeah, and it's very frustrating because when you watch it from the audience, like you don't realize how high it is because you it seems like at the same level, like on the stage level, but actually people don't realize that there is like a seven, seven meters height from the ground, like uh, there is like a big hole underneath us. So... And uh, yeah, you have to get used to the height and you have to trust your belt. This is the only thing <sighs> that you have to have in your mind. You just have to trust your belt. And But it's one of my favorite numbers today. I really enjoy mm. it. Yeah. Because if people haven't seen that, it's this giant chandelier and there's like five or six of you strapped in there. Is that the small group leaning yes. back over? It's it, it's. Yeah, it looks like it would take a lot of trust. It's a beautiful yeah. number. Yeah, it's very, I loved it. And I love the music. Yeah. And uh, you just, yeah, you feel so magic this moment. But of course, if you do it like every night, that's why it's just six of us even because we can't do it every night. Otherwise, it can be painful, very painful for the back and even for the neck because the heart is very heavy as well. So you, you have to do it just three times a week, three, four times Interesting. a week. Interesting. Wow. I feel like this generation takes better care of their dancers. We just, you know, <laughs> that you have physiotherapists that if you're injured, they take, you know, make sure you rest where I think a lot of the eighties yeah. generation, it was like, you just work till your legs fall off and, you know, just I told know, to get back. The costume and the head of the of the 80s and were much heavier than ours and i sometimes now that we do the jubilee like the the little like we do 15 minute shows with the old costumes and the old numbers of the previous shows i realized how heavy uh, <laughs> the old costumes are and i was like oh my god how did the, these dancers were like wearing this hat all the night like twice a night uh, every night and that's crazy yeah our spine just got compressed oh I think. you put God. the high heels and then they'd, they'd lower it onto you and you feel your body just kind of go Ooh. oh my god yes <laughs> that makes me happy i'm going to see the show i'm going to be there in april hopefully to see this i'm yes. planning to see the show but i love that they have those that whole section in there because those costumes i've seen on people from way back when they're still on, they're still being seen on stage. And it kind of is a wonderful tribute yeah. to the Lido history, the, how yeah. things have Lido. changed. And so how was your opening night? 
the opening uh, when you got to finally go into the show so actually i was really scared about the topless because uh, this is something that in italy as well we don't really do there is no cabaret there is no like topless in italy can be seen as something vulgar and and yeah, so I, because during the rehearsal, I never did the topless. I always, I was always wearing my bra and the opening night was my first time topless on stage. But actually I was, I was scared during my makeup. And as soon as I went on stage, I had so many things to think about. And with all the costumes, the makeup, the topless was the, like, the last, last of my problems. And at the end of the show, I realized how I didn't even realize that I was topless. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, like my opening night was, was amazing. I did two shows. So the first one, I didn't even realize what I did at the end <laughs> of the first show. And everyone told me, okay, don't worry. The second show is going to be the one where you really are going to enjoy it and realize what are you doing. The first show is was more about the quick changes, the backstage. And uh, when I was on stage, I, w- I was not even realizing that I was on stage. So the, the second show of the, my opening night was like the, the real show for me. The yeah. I enjoyed, yes. Oh. I remember calling home after I my, went in on my first night. And my mom, because she was concerned about being being topless, and she said, "How was it being topless?" I go, oh, "I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. I didn't know that part." But somebody I interviewed said that there was times they went out without an earring and felt naked, even though they were topless. Like if you're missing an earring or a bracelet, you're like, oh, "I feel so naked." And it's <laughs> or, no, like you, you, yeah, it's true. No, it's yeah, true. you could be missing something that doesn't cover you, but it feels like oh, I noticed that. It is interesting transformation and because there's so many other things to think about and I don't know you know people do have that 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 worry like what they're out there they're noticing their topless because I don't think I I noticed I did it for a year and I was very very religious and conservative and it's so weird to me to think I went out and did that and not feel like embarrassed or I think it's just the context of the whole show how beautiful it is and that you're not the only person up there uh, exposing themselves that way and the same was when I watched the show for the first time, I was a little bit, not worried, but like thinking about, okay, there are going to be topless girls on stage. But really, I didn't even realize about the topless because you you are so into the costumes, the, the scenographies and the music that really do nothing's like you don't even pay attention to the to the topless thing so yeah that's why I was not even worried when my friends from Italy or my family started to come and watch the show uh, because yeah I I know like that there's nothing to be ashamed of or is really so natural when you're on this stage yeah I've heard there's been like young men that go in there because they want to see breast and the show starts and they totally forget that, that the, what they thought they were going in there. They, even if that's what they thought they were there for, they get so caught up in the beauty of the show and then they go, Oh, Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, nice. So you were doing the show for like four years before COVID hit, right? So 19, 16 to 20. 
So you're kind of yeah. in your rhythm of Paris and the show. Were you planning on doing this like long term or? I know, I know there's still options for shows, but not as much as there used to be. Like a lot of people stay for a while if you've got a good deal. Yeah, I, yeah, I know that. So when just before COVID, I was starting to be a little bit tired, but not of like just of the uh, of the thing, like of the fact to do two shows every night, six nights a week. Like after four years, it started to be a little bit heavy. So I was starting to think about taking maybe I, I wanted to go to, to do a formation, like to take kind of a sabbatical just to have a, a little break. And, and then COVID came. And uh, so we had to close. So at the beginning was uh, nice because uh, I needed this uh, break, this pause. Uh, but then after one year and a half, it started to be a little bit too long, too heavy, and I started to miss the stage, the show. And now that we reopened, with uh, we, we work now uh, in the weekend with just one show a night. And I love it. Like, I miss the stage so much, the show. And um, and now I feel that I need to, to do more, like to dance more. And I don't know if I could come back to two shows a night, six nights a week. But um, I really love this reopening, uh, this really calm reopening with just one show, like three times a week. That's that's perfect like i i really like it and i can still do my for example my kalon classes in the daytime in i found the perfect balance of course i would love the leader to open every day again uh, but uh, yeah i really like it now my my lifestyle now is perfect if that could be a situation that might keep dancers around longer because it is of like six nights yes. a week, two shows can make people just like, because you can't have a very balanced life. You don't get to see Paris. You don't get to have much outside of that. Plus the hours are so crazy. So if you want to do anything in the day with friends, kind of your social life really kind of ends up being just other performers. Did you stay in Paris or did you go back to Italy with COVID? I so I the first lockdown I was in France I was not in Paris I was in the countryside with my boyfriend uh, and uh, I couldn't come back to Italy because they closed already the it, in Italy was very bad the situation at the beginning yeah it was one of the first uh, countries where the COVID was spreading so fast and so quick, so fast and so bad. So I couldn't come back to Italy and I just stayed in Paris. But then as soon as uh, uh, they open again, uh, I went to Italy like for two weeks and then I was going and com like coming and going back to Italy all the time in this year and a half. But I just... I I felt bad for people who couldn't get home or yeah. because borders were closing and, and to have to figure those things out so fast. Like if I get stuck home and I can't get back to Paris or if I'm in Paris, I can't get home. I just, yeah, I'm just thinking of how hard that would be to make these huge decisions, not knowing if you have a job to come back to, what do you do with your apartment? And I want to see my family. And this is weird, scary times, especially at the beginning when we didn't know what was happening. I really feel for for the cast of just hearing the different stories of making that decision. And if you didn't, you couldn't even go home. 
and you yeah. know Italy's bad and your whole family and people that you love are back home that's that that sounds really difficult to uh just have yeah. to stay away and also what and to be scary to go back home it's not a very good choice yeah that's why I heard people around me that they didn't come back yet since uh, like I have this this Australian friend who is going back for the first time now in she has two whole two weeks two holidays weeks and she's going back for the first time since covid so i'm like oh my god i don't know i really don't know how you did it like i i, I can't and and i realized that like the more at the beginning when i moved to paris i didn't really miss my family i was just really i was just enjoying my time for the first time really out like my independence and everything and now the more the years pass the more I miss my family and I and I realize that even like my parents are getting older and you know you you never know I had my dad sick for a while and I was living here so it was really hard and when I heard people saying that they don't see their family for years like I'm like uh, I I couldn't like that's that's not an option for me. I, I don't know if I could do it. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. Where does Kaylon fit in this timeline of COVID and being at the Lido? Cause I know that Emma and Sophia had, had started, but it took off in another format once COVID hit and to see yeah. Rivarte come along and with the costumes and the beautiful creation of that like it's so classy like to how even their promo is I'm like oh my gosh I want to dance with because it's not just Lido it's it's Crazy Horse and Mulan there's quite a few dancers uh, from different shows represented in that yeah so Kaylin started I, I always been clients like oh, okay since they beginning this uh their this adventure like I always I was always with them I was training with them and during the first lockdown I was training every day with them they were posting every day different like 30 minutes workouts and I was doing it and one day I saw that they were looking for teachers and uh, I was still uh, we were still in the lockdown and I was not really sure I was I don't know if I can be a teacher I don't know if uh, i I'm able to do it, but the same, I said, why not? I nothing to lose now. I, I don't work anyway, so just let's try. So we did the formation on Zoom for uh, like for one month. And then we met again in Paris when uh, we could come back uh, to in a studio. And uh, I started uh, to teach like a um, few months later when we could uh, be in the studios in Paris again and actually I really like it and uh, again I, I found something else something new that if maybe I, I don't know maybe uh, if we were not in lockdown maybe I would have never done it and uh, and again I think Kaylon helped me a lot to keep the motivation to keep uh, keep myself fit and um, and I, I love it now I teach uh, like uh, in some of the most beautiful hotels in Paris and uh, I I love it and we got the opportunity we have the opportunity to do amazing shooting all the time so I have uh, very nice pictures of myself as well as a good memory and no I'm I'm really happy to be in this in this uh, like 
company. For those who have not heard of it, it's an online fitness platform that you subscribe and you can, they have so many things to choose from. So you, they have programs that are preset, like this might be for your booty month or this might be abs or for stretch, but I love that I can pick and choose. And if I only have 15 minutes, I can do it. Or I can put together like a showgirl warm up and a Pilates short class and a cardio bar, just kind of whatever I need to work on. But the, it's so beautifully done. So whoever's like the, the videography is beautiful, what you're wearing, the way the studio is. And I've been following on social media too, like different Saint-Tropez or somewhere. There's been places that you show up in all your glory and you're teaching these fitness classes and the, is it the hotels? And that was yeah, during COVID. You were able to travel and go to these wonderful places. And so now, uh, now they do a lot of even caps capsule with uh, different teachers around the world. So we have like uh, Jackie that is in New York, for example. Oh, and I did one of those. Yeah, so you, you travel with these dancers and now we have uh, Charlotte in Bali or we had uh, like Cassie in Saint-Tropez, like in the south of France. So that's amazing because you see different. So sometimes we do the videos in the studio in a very professional way. And sometimes we just do it like we did it in Marrakesh as well. Um, so that's that's really good because you, you have the feeling to travel and like to do your workout in different place in the world. And now we did just like uh, we did the last shoots in uh, some hotels in, in Paris and they're going to come out soon and the, the hotel where are just amazing. And yeah, there are a lot of connections now and they're spreading a lot around even out of France as well. So that's very nice. That, the timing was so wonderful because like, we couldn't go to the gym. But we were talking about before we recorded, if you're a dancer, going to the gym is boring, you know, like to do the treadmill and some of those things are, are fine, but it's not helping you in your strength that you need for dancing. And yeah. I was telling Emma and Sophie that when I started doing it, I've had two hip replacements and I was having just getting out of a chair was hard. I, the muscles weren't firing. And so I started doing Kalon. It was working those deep rotators, things that you don't get in anything at the gym. So I think for a dancer who's going through COVID that you have to be back in your dance form. You don't need to be a, a runner or marathon. You need to be a dancer. So I love that, that you can not be a dancer and enjoy those videos. But for a dancer, it feels like everything in me goes, I'm 62. It makes me think what it was like to be younger and feel like what it feels like to have your rotation and that you need the whole body. Cause I think, you know, a lot of times like I'm going to only do my abs or I'm only going to get my butt in good shape. Like all those things like the, I'm mean, going to just go crazy, but Kaylin, but I, also what I love is how they hired people from the shows that weren't working, but for marketing, videography, for the costumes, for so many things that their businesses, is it all dancers pretty much that are in all the different elements of, of this company? Yes. Oh, we are all dancers. And of course, for the videography, for the film, uh, like we, we hired even professional like that dude just this as a job but behind the scene a lot of dancers like for example charlotte that was a dancer at lido now she's uh, she she she's in charge of the social media she's in charge of the image of kaylon and she has uh, like a lot of creativity she has so much like i think we are multitasking like we yeah. can do so many things thank uh, our like because of our experience in the artistic world like we can really put 
everything in new like fields and yeah. uh, so there is now even like Charlene who is taking care of the commercial she's trying to like she's in contact with new clients and she's really good at it for example she's really good and that's amazing because uh, we can do other things like after our professional career and uh, yeah that part seems really really important especially covid shown us that what we think might last forever could go away and so for dancers to not be paid but you know in france you guys are taking better care of than a lot of places but like what is next because i know for a lot of us we just did it until our body couldn't do it and then you're like now what do i do you've got this wonderful offer but you get to still be creative and i also love that that i've been trying to audition or um, interview charlotte but she's in dubai that you don't even have to be in the same country to have this this whole company that is still cohesive and together and all of us fans everywhere they're doing it are all around the world so when everything felt so mixed up with covid i'm joining these dancers all around the world and feel like we there's something we're doing together in our homes I, I don't know. There was something that wasn't just a workout. There was something that was just good for the heart and soul of seeing dancers come together, even though you can't see them. So there, there's so much beauty in it and know that you had work and something to, to do for your own body and mind that yeah. can translate. So when you're done dancing, you, you don't have to try to figure out later, like now what do I do? Yeah. We just need to move on and we always find a way to move on because we know that yeah we can be dancer forever so we know from the beginning so we, our mind like we are ready from day one even when we start we know that we won't be able to dance until uh, who knows like 40 45 like it depends but so that's why i think we are ready at any time because even if we are get injured or we know that we have to be ready to do something different. Like I know so many dancers that had to stop their their professional career quite early because because of a bad injury injury or just because uh, I don't know they it's so it's so hard like to do like to dance until like 30, 35 years old that. We know that we we have to start to think about something else, and that's why I think Kalon came up came out in Revarte as well. And we want to still be in this world of mm. this artistic world, and uh, it's good that we can find a way to do it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's like it's way it, cre- it engages your creativity and your brain. Because doing a show so many nights, sometimes it's like you can not have to think so much. So this yes. thing that is engaging different parts of you. And then the, I'm sure the creativity changes too when you've got new stimulation. So that probably helped you to get back in shape for the reopening. Because if you're in a tiny, tiny apartment, like how do you keep your body going? Because some people I think I heard beginning were doing all their workouts and it starts to fade because you don't know when the show is going to open and you don't have much option. So I've, I heard it was tricky coming back and getting back on stage and putting those heels back on. So what was that when they finally made the announcement it was coming back? Because I heard a few times that it might come back and then it got delayed. And then when I heard September, I'm like, okay. And then I heard rehearsals started. So I started to feel more hopeful because I think it was hard to even feel hopeful when things kept changing. Like, is a show ever going to open? And then it 
it's going and then people come back if they've been gone and how is your body? How's your brain? What I, my first question is how was it like walking back into the theater after being off for so long? Was, was weird because was at the same time, I had the feeling that we never left. And, and, and also that like meeting everyone again, when we were waiting the first day, we were supposed to meet everyone in front out on the Champs-Élysées in front of Lido. So people starting arriving and you were like, oh my God, we are so many, like, and where, where have you been all this time? And so I felt, the, I felt both, I never left. And at the same time, oh my God, it like seems ages and was re- a very weird feeling, but, and you know you were a little bit scared of but like feeling uh observed like oh my god everyone is gonna look at you and uh, if we change or not or we knew that a lot of people maybe didn't do much or other like uh, keep kept working a lot so you felt that there was we were a little bit scared to be judged maybe mm-hmm. yeah stepped on stage everything was like always normal really? and, and yeah no it was really everything was really natural and easy and nothing went wrong actually and wow. we had two weeks to yeah it was hard at the beginning but we had two weeks like three weeks i don't know one month actually to come back like on shape and even the show like we were afraid not like to have forgot the show but no actually it was really quick and no yeah it was fine I think it was Alexander said as soon as that the music came on it was like back because I yeah. can't I mean I did the show so long ago and there's some shows I could remember parts there's some shows I can't remember one step of it but that's many many years but like a year and a half is still a long time even if you did it every night to like is that still back there in the back yeah. of my brain somewhere so what was your opening night like for you when you finally got to finally get back on there and have a full audience that seemed I've heard were very appreciative to be there yes you know it was amazing it was uh, and like to see the audience or even like the energy it was such a good vibe uh, even from the audience and uh, even the thing to open just three times a week after was good because uh, the 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 theater was always like full and the new jubilee like the new part of the show with the old costumes like we felt we felt it like so appreciate from the audience so we really we enjoyed it even more and uh, yeah from the opening till today really i enjoy every night on stage because uh, he gives us so much and and I, we realized how we missed it. Wow. I talked to a few people that said that the opening night back was even more in, emotional or intense than their actual opening night in the show because like I said, the first opening night, when you first come to the show, you're thinking about so many other things, but to come back all together and feel yeah. it together, I just, I don't know, that just feels like that be emotional also that the audience is the first time for them from not seeing things for so long and just the both sides of that curtain feels like a lot of expectation and gratitude that would be 
emotionally a little bit, um, a lot to hold. No, it was so good. And even more because it was a reopening for everyone at the same time. So I didn't do the creation. So, and uh, I heard even that the creation of Paris Merveille was a little bit weird. Like the, the show was not really ready to go on stage. So I think when I heard, I heard people who did the creation, their opening night was not what they were expecting and my opening night was just my opening night everyone was on already on the show since like one year so the reopening after covid was a reopening for everyone at the same time and we were ready with the show and we were doing the jubilee that we want we was we we were waiting for this uh, new part of the show because we already were we were rehearsing already before covid and we were supposed to go on stage with oh. this uh, new part just like few days before they closed the lido so we just wanted to do it so bad that the reopening was just an explosion of emotion and uh, good feel like good vibes for everyone yeah it was such a good because that new section was in there kind of as a tribute to the 75 year wasn't that a specific that i heard some people say they were so exhausted because they were doing the show and learning this so that when they said oh a few weeks off like oh good because i'm so tired it not thinking it was going to be you know almost two years or a year and a half before you get to get on the stage but i'm glad that they brought it back in because when i come to the show i'm coming in paris or in april i bought my ticket i'm bringing a dancer we're going to see if we can get her some auditions while she's there to see what's happening. But I'm so, I'm nice. so excited to see all the shows, but especially the Lido, because I just have this place in my heart after interviewing so many of you and also being there for the reunion in 2019 with other bluebells. I don't know if you were in the show that night when there was yeah, an audience full of us with yeah. so excited for you guys. So I feel like the, the, again, being on both sides of that curtain is a magical experience when you finally get to see a show or to see a show that is part of your history and for the bluebells on the stage to know like they are surrounded by appreciation and love in the audience. So, And I think for you even to see this new part of the show without the costume must be so, so like, it's going to be so good. Like at the beginning, there is a little videos with all the old. Uh, oh, really? Yes. And I, I really like, like, you can see the old dancers and I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. You can feel how, like the history that Lido has. And that's why I'm so proud to be part of it. Oh, and I, the book that came out, we can't get in America yet. They haven't shipped it. Or I think if I get it from the UK, it's going to cost more than the book. So when I get to Paris, I'm going to buy the okay. book that Jeremy was part of because I'm so excited to have that and have all those photos and that history. Because I think yeah. what's wonderful when we share pictures of you younger generation wearing it, there's people from my era that wore those costumes and to see them alive on the stage again, being worn yeah. and, and honoring that. It just, because a lot of the, the shows back, if you ever heard of this back in Vegas, they would burn all the costumes in the desert. Oh, like they yeah. just, and so to know well, like, I, no, these are still there. They're still look really good and they're being worn. It's they, like a huge thing. Yeah. They could be in yep. the museum today. Like, I know. That's like, like there's a few that yeah. survived. The show I was in, there's somebody that bought them all. And it's nice to know they're still there. But to just think of all those glorious costumes just being burnt and like somebody could have adored those and used them. Yeah, so sure. as, as we're coming to the end, do you have like, because COVID changed a lot of what we thought our life would be. 
so coming back in with this new with Kalon that you can now do, do you have a vision for what, what you want to do? Like just keep on dancing or other things that, that now are drawing your attention that may not have been there before? So yeah, before COVID, I was thinking all the time about what I wanted to do after uh, Lido, after my dancing career. And I was really thinking a lot about it and without find an answer. And then what happened this uh, last uh, year and a half, I realized that because I tried to do even during the, actually during the lockdown, I did a master in communication. I did, uh, I did another degree. Yes, I missed wow. this part. Yes, because I was like, just like, I need to, to occupy this time and uh, I need to do my study for what I want to do after. And I really liked it, but I realized that I, it's not that something that I want to do. Like, I don't, I don't feel myself working like in an office doing some communication for like a company and um, so I put it away and uh, I came back on stage and I'm young this time so much now and I'm I really like my life right now and Mm. I really enjoy it and I'm not really thinking a lot like I know that I want to Keep, I like teaching, for example, so probably I'm going to teach. Maybe my dream is maybe one day to open my dance school. Like my, and I don't know if I want to open like a classic dance school. Maybe I want to do something more in the fitness field, like like something like Kalon, like Kalon do. And I know that I'm not worried about the future right now. I just really mm. want to enjoy time now and... Uh, I like this, uh, I like to work like three nights, four nights a week at Lido with one show. It's not tiring at all. So I don't know. I really don't know the answer about what I'm going to do after, but I'm not worried as I was worried before. I don't know how to explain why, but because uh, what happened, I'm like, who knows what's going to happen next. We can't really plan our life and we just need to enjoy the present and it's how I'm living now (laughs) and I really like it I love that so much because I think yeah COVID shows we don't we don't know what's next and so for stressing about the next thing we're not present because so many interviews I do with people that are the previous generations a lot of people said I didn't take time to enjoy it you know because either you're thinking what's next or you're just you because I think you could be worrying about what's next and not live now you know, you tried your communications thing and then it's not after you're done dancing and then, oh, no, I really don't like this. You can try it and then yes. still keep doing what you're loving. But yeah, yeah I, live in that moment because. Study, I was, yes, I was trying to like force myself to do something like to study. And I'm really happy. I'm really proud because I did it in French it was a real challenge for me. Oh, and wow. I did, yes. And uh, I'm, I don't regret to do it, to have done it. But I just realized that I will. I don't see myself right now working in a for a communication office in a company, even if it's for a like for lead or whatever. It's not my thing. And so I'm like, okay, just don't like don't put so much pressure pressure for what you want to do next. I know that Kalon is developing a lot and I'm really happy to be in this team. I know that maybe in the future I can 
do even more for them. And even I know very well Simone from Revarte and I'm already trying to help him sometimes. So yeah, I, I like it a lot. Like, so no pressure. I just mm. try to, to see how it goes. Well, I think even going back to your story, like you didn't know the Lido was a thing, you know, so you start out with something and something reveals itself that is just at the right time. And COVID yeah. what is brought out with Kaylin, like I, when people ask what's next, I'm like, well, we didn't even know this was a thing. Like I didn't yeah. know I could do a podcast a few years ago. So I wouldn't have said, I'm going to go do this, this, and this. It's like this thing comes along that just fits. And if you're only then- looking to this one thing, you're going to miss all these other wonderful things that pop up because of the career that you have, the people you work with that are so resourceful and smart yeah. and talented and creative that if that's how your brain works, that like you're right in the place that's going to reveal what your next, and, and maybe you'll just keep doing this for the so long and, and surprise everybody. Cause you know, this younger generation is taking care of their body much better than we did. So I think your, your longevity on stage outdoes ours. Yeah. I think the thing that we work less now like it helps us to keep going longer like yeah yeah i've talked to people that worked at the mulan and had never had one night off they worked seven nights a week and were like so exhausted they could hardly move i'm like oh that's not a that's not a life you want to really do for too long so annalisa this was wonderful it's going to be just a tiny bit over a month before i'm there and i i'm looking forward to seeing you in the show and all these people that i've interviewed I get to see in person and just I know I'm going to find you the second you're on stage because you just have that face and that glow and that presence so um, I'm really happy for you I'm just happy that you're getting to do what you love and that the show came back and it it gives you another opportunity to really just be present in it and that gratitude that you have it's wonderful thank you thank you Sherry but that was a pleasure I hope to meet you when you're in Paris yeah absolutely I was telling people that I've been doing tea time with uh bluebells for like my patrons so i was just gonna see if anyone wants to join me i guess there's a really great tea place close to the champs-elysees or on the champs-elysees the lido that has some tea wear fancy hats and make videos just i want to see everybody in person but you'll hear me in the audience i promise you okay <laughs> i'm there okay take care of yourself and i Thank will you very much. see you very soon see you bye <laughs>